The Bloom Podcast about bioeconomy. In the Bloom Podcast series, we address different aspects of bioeconomy and talk to different experts to understand the potentials, but also the limits and challenges of bioeconomy. I'm sitting here today with Hanu Koppinen from Finland. Thanks, Hanu, for being here with us today. Uh, your background is in environmental science and you've worked as an associate professor at the university before you became development manager for biotechnology at the Regional Council of Central Finland. Could you tell us about what your role entails? It's actually my uh, my role at the Regional Council is to boost bioeconomy. Uh, bioeconomy is one of our smart specialization strategy uh, highlights. So my job is actually to convince the main stakeholders in the region that bioeconomy has potential. On the other hand, my role is to convince outside the region that we in central Finland hold several different uh, solutions in the transition from fossil-based economy to bio-based economy. For someone who doesn't understand what bioeconomy is, how would you kind of simply explain it? Uh, that's actually not a very easy task because I think it's actually you have almost as many definitions in bioeconomy as you have those ones who are defining them. For me, bioeconomy is uh, sustainable utilization of uh, bio-based raw materials. And uh, why is it done? Uh, the bio-based utilization is that uh, for me the key role of the bioeconomy is this transition from fossil-based economy to bio-based economy. My background is very very much on climate change mitigation so I actually see uh, bioeconomy as one of the tools to also tackle this very very wicked problem what we have in climate change mitigation. Um, how did you get involved in the topic of bioeconomy? I actually was involved in bioeconomy before I even knew the term. Uh, my background is on environmental sciences, actually on soil sciences. So um, also uh, already during my studies, I was involved in bioeconomy, though the word didn't exist then. Now, when I started to work uh, as a regional developer, uh, it was actually quite easy to adapt uh, the ideas of bioeconomy into practice in our region. Uh, we have uh, central Finland, we have actually quite long history in bioenergy. Bioenergy was seen as uh, the top priority of our uh, bioeconomy. Uh, but slowly we have now turned it uh, a little bit more broader approach so that we are uh, understanding also inside the region that these pristine uh, raw materials from the nature have huge potential and very many different ways of uh, use uh, now and in the future. Uh, the region has actually quite long history in paper and pulp. 
Uh, and now we are starting to understand, especially in pulp, uh, what kind of precious raw material it is actually. You can create, well, not anything, but good variety of different uh, products uh, from this raw material. And what are the most important questions in this respect for you? Of course, uh, research and innovations. Uh, obviously, because we are not there yet. We need uh, enormous uh, amount of research and innovation in order to understand and to utilize the full potential of bioeconomy. And that's perhaps one of my roles uh, uh, from the regional council's point of view. We are uh, lucky to distribute also some money to these R&D projects. And in bioeconomy, there are actually some really, really nice highlights what our actors are doing. On the other hand, uh, bioeconomy to me means this sustainable utilization. So also, it's actually a big challenge now and especially in the future, how we guarantee uh, all the different dimensions of the sustainability when we are further utilizing uh, our raw materials or our processes. So economic uh, sustainability, it's quite obvious. We don't perhaps need to worry that much about it. Uh, social, yeah, but to me, it's actually one of the reasons uh, uh, bioeconomy is chosen as a uh, S3 uh, strategy uh, in our region it are these social impacts. Bioeconomy means jobs. Uh, but uh, bioeconomy and environmental sustainability must go hand in hand as well. Uh, if we do not take that one into consideration, we will repeat all the mistakes we have made during the fossil-based economy era. Would you say that bioeconomy is always sustainable? Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, okay, an easy example are the rainforests. Uh, um, uh, Everybody knows that we are facing huge biodiversity losses uh, uh, when uh, harvesting wood from uh, in an unsustainable way uh, in, in the um, in, in, from the rainforests. But simultaneously, it's also happening here in Europe. Uh, uh, these kind of uh, phenomena. So we need to actually consider really, really carefully what we are doing and what are the impacts. Of course, it doesn't mean that uh, we, shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't, for example, use forest biomass, but we need to think, what we are, uh, think and know what we are doing uh, and to guarantee that it is sustainable from the very beginning of the uh, product uh, uh, so the raw materials, but also the processes. If we are doing a bio-based products with heavy load of chemicals, is it then sustainable? Is it then bioeconomy anymore if it's just the raw material uh, that is 
bio-based and then there is huge load of fossil-based chemicals. Speaking about forest biomass, what can you do with it? You can do anything. Uh, okay, if you think about the forests, uh, uh, bioeconomy, first of all, in the forests is not only the raw material, the wood raw material. It's also berries, mushrooms, recreational values of the forest. It's hunting. Uh, it's even this uh, relaxation in the forest. So forest has also values outside the wood biomass. But if you think about the forest and the wood biomass as a raw material in bioeconomy, it's amazing. Uh, of course, if you think about the climate change mitigation point of view, uh, wood is extremely good carbon stock. And the carbon stock uh, can be maintained, for example, building wooden buildings. Uh, there is an EU-level trend now towards that one. It's highlighted in the EU updated strategy for bioeconomy. Uh, it's on the national levels in various different countries. Uh, however, these lugs are only one part of these forest raw materials. When you are cutting a tree, uh, you will get log for uh, building, but you also get this thinner wood, which is not perhaps uh, suitable for, uh, let's say, building purposes. So uh, that part, and also these thinnings prior the major, major uh, forests, uh, they are used for pulp, and pulp is a raw material for various different things. Of course, pulp for uh, soft paper and hard paper, uh, but also nowadays uh, pulp is, for example, uh, a precursor. Uh, they are studying it actually quite a lot of it nowadays. Precursor for clothes. Uh, you can create uh, different kind of substitutes for plastics. We are now talking very much about this plastic problem. Uh, that's definitely a big, big issue. You can replace these plastic packing materials, for example, in food industry, with cellulose-based, so forest-based packing materials. And the good thing is that you don't even recognize the difference. What would you say are the biggest potentials of bioeconomy? Uh, I said it already earlier that uh, I see bioeconomy as one of the tools to tackle climate change. It's not the only tool, but it's uh, one of those tools. So we need, really need to explore bioeconomy. We need to fully understand what we are doing with our fossil-based raw materials and how we can actually replace them with bio-based. Of course, it's not always linear that uh, uh, replacing fossil to bio 
is good for environment, is good for climate change mitigation. Also, this must be taken into consideration. But I see that bioeconomy has a huge potential in the future. It already has now. So, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> As much as bioeconomy has huge potentials, as you've mm. just said, mm. uh, what are the challenges in this field? Perhaps we are expecting too much too fast in bioeconomy. Uh, some of the solutions are here already. Some of the solutions has been here already for quite some time. But especially when you are dealing with novel technologies to replace the traditional technologies, it takes time, it takes resources, and it takes money. The solutions cannot be adapted immediately. Uh, a good example is uh, this foaming technology VTT, National Technological Research Institute of Finland. They've been working on with uh, cellulose fibers forever. As I mentioned, uh, pulp and paper are very, very important uh, the field of economy in Finland. So some uh, 10, 12 years ago, the researchers in VTT started to think about, okay, we need to start to think totally differently. We cannot only trust on the paper industry anymore. So we need to think what else can be made from the cellulose, wood cellulose fibers. So they actually developed first in Erlenmeyer's in laboratory level and then later in small pilots this foaming technology. It's actually like making paper but instead of getting a nice thin paper, mm -hmm. you will get thick plate from actually the same amount of cellulose. Mm -hmm. So this kind of material is actually very, very good for, for example, sound insulation for packing industry you can replace the plastic based packing you can basically play and do anything with from it but this is actually a slow process they've been developing it for 10 years now mm -hmm. and they are now ready, almost ready to start the commercial, or actually not the BTT, but the commercial manufacturers are ready to start the manufacturing. So bioeconomy is, uh, the transition to bioeconomy in some areas is slow. It's because we are dealing with uh, new technologies. It's of course also a problem if you think about replacing fossil with bio. No one wants to downshift, or hardly anyone wants to downshift. So we have used a certain quality. So if we are replacing this fossil with bio, the bio must be at least on same quality level better if it's a little bit higher quality level before it will get a full acceptance from the wider audience prior the customers actually start to use it so we cannot uh, make crap bio but we need to make high quality 
products. Mm -hmm. And that also requires time. Uh, so what does it mean for nature to replace plastics with wood, for example? That's a tricky one. Um, uh, of course, uh, um, when talking about the bioplastics, uh, uh, First of all, we need to think about if they are biodegradable or not. The problem with the fossil plastics is that they are not biodegradable. So it means that they stay there for hundreds of years, thousands of years as worst. Of course, it does not solve very many problems uh, we have created in fossil plastics if we are replacing them with very, very resistant uh, bio-based plastics. The raw material is then, and then different. It may have some uh, effects uh, due to this lack of fossils uh, in the production, but otherwise they are, they are there. They can cause, to my best understanding, also similar kind of, kind of problems. But if we can replace these uh, resistant or these uh, long-lasting plastics uh, with biodegradable, then it's totally different story. Then, uh, then we can actually create materials that will at some point compost. So they are not there in the oceans, in our terrestrial environment, to harm the biosphere. Mm -hmm. But of course, it's also a question, do we have enough uh, raw material resources? So for me also, the bioeconomy must go hand in hand with circular economy. So the circularity means that uh, um, you are closing the loops. You are, uh, first of all, in these, when you are using raw material, if it's pristine raw material, then you carefully think about all these different side products, byproducts that are there during the process, you find ways to utilize them. And also the product itself, it's designed so that it has afterlife. It may have second life as something completely different, uh, or at least it is, uh, it can be that the material can be recycled and reused. So, in the sense of these raw materials, we also need to take into account that biomass, it's of huge quantities, but still the sustainability issue. We need to also find ways to reuse, uh, to my bioeconomy, as I said, circular. Mm -hmm. um, looking at your vast experience, uh, could you think of a project or an activity in the field of bioeconomy that's worth sharing with the listeners? Something that's really impressed you in this field? I actually, I think it's still some, uh, we, we still need these uh, promotion projects. Uh, perhaps it's not important for everyone to understand what the word bioeconomy means, but uh, 
I like these concrete projects that actually show examples, uh, show the potential in various different fields with concrete examples uh, to wider audience that, okay, this is what bioeconomy is all about. We can, uh, as said earlier, for example, replace these plastics. Or we can create a boom in building wooden buildings. Uh, so these kind of concrete examples that are promoted with the pro uh, by the projects. Uh, and of course, I also have a very, very soft heart for these transnational cooperation projects. Uh, it's very obvious that uh, bioeconomy already in the EU scale means totally different from people in Spain, Greece, France, Finland, Sweden. In order to understand what is the potential of a country or a region, it's very, very good also to listen to the others. They may not share the similar raw materials, but at least they share these uh, similar problems and perhaps similar solutions to these innovations and boosting the innovation R&D in, in, in bioeconomy field. Um, as I said in the introduction, you're managing the development of bioeconomy in your county in central Finland. Are you in different governmental committees uh, strengthening bioeconomy? So based on your experience, could you give us a picture of the political discourse and what has changed over time? Yeah, I'm actually happy to be part of this bioeconomy stakeholders panel by DGRTD on EU level. And it's so interesting. It's so interesting to learn the bioeconomy from different aspects and from different countries or regions on EU level. We are actually very happy on EU that we have this bioeconomy strategy on EU level. It's kind of uh, a backbone for us uh, who are working in the field of bioeconomy. We can always uh, also point this uh, high political relevance of bioeconomy on EU level. Of course, it's more complicated the higher level you go. Uh, as I said earlier, bioeconomy means different things for different countries, for different regions. But uh, to me, the EU bioeconomy strategy is a good approach to uh, open up, first of all, the importance of bioeconomy on EU level with facts and figures but also to highlight these strengths and also those areas that uh, should be improved in the future. If we go down from EU level to national level, uh, Finland was among the first countries on, in EU who created the national level bioeconomy strategy and uh, again uh, for me as a representative of a region 
it's again a good signal. It's something that tells also, well, first of all, on the national level, that there is high-level commitment uh, to develop the bioeconomy. It means that uh, perhaps investors are attract or understand that it is something that has the political support uh, so they are more willing to do the investments on the other hand we as the developers we can uh, make little propaganda to our stakeholders that look 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 it's up here on the eu level it's here on the national level we should really take advantage of this and of course if you go from national level to regional level that's actually where the bioeconomy happens then that's where the raw materials are that's where the where the research and innovation development are so i see i see this uh, uh, high level political statements uh, very very useful tool also down here on the regions uh, uh, to support or it can show it shows us that we have a support from higher level uh, on our way in boosting bioeconomy um, is it enough to boost bioeconomy just in the EU so we have a strategy in the EU about bioeconomy. What about the rest of the world? So if bioeconomy has an impact on climate change, climate change affects the whole world. That's definitely a relevant question. I think it perhaps that way that this is again something we on the EU can be leaders. It's definitely not enough to do things on EU. The bioeconomy must happen on national and regional level. So perhaps the first task, it's actually also in the bioeconomy strategy, is that the EU countries will have this focus, will develop their bioeconomy strategies. And perhaps regional strategies or regional implementation plans. But of course, bioeconomy means also job and money. We are already exporting technologies, clean technologies, bio-based processes and products from EU to outside. So perhaps that's one way uh, we can show to the others as well that bioeconomy has potential. Um, so what are your expectations in the future with regards to bioeconomy? We are definitely not there yet. We are, well, luckily not anymore in the beginning of our journey towards bioeconomy. But there is a lot of work to be done also in the future to guarantee that bioeconomy is practiced in a sustainable way. I have high hopes that we can actually do our share in climate change mitigation via the bioeconomy. 
but I also do understand that it's not an easy task. It requires a lot of work from different sectors of society. Um, we've been talking now a lot about this political commitment, but it also means that the business must see more stronger the potential in bioeconomy. Luckily, there is already this tendency, but uh, I would love to see that one being strengthened in the future. So you've said there's this political commitment and the business sector is starting to see things maybe in a different way. So how do you go from business to people? Because the people are the ones who are going to kind of consume whatever is being produced. Do people consume whatever that is consumed? Of course, the biggest, most challenge is these changes in behavioral patterns. I cannot see the future where we are consuming the way we are consuming at the moment. But it's an enormous challenge how to actually uh, make this transition towards sustainable consumption. Perhaps there are different ways to do that one which should be done simultaneously. Of course, we need uh, this uh, uh, education. We need to educate customers, ourselves, consumers, to understand uh, uh, what are the impacts of our choices. But simultaneously, we cannot leave it directly or only for the customers to make these decisions. So it also means this national and EU-level guidance, uh, directives, taxation, this kind of hard tools together with the with the soft tools then it's uh, of course more complicated i'm sure that uh, as a customers we are very very stable we are very very resistant towards any kind of changes we like to buy our services or our products the way they have been 10 years ago. So it is a difficult task, but uh, I'm sure that with the help of this, all these different tools, we can make transition towards more sustainable consumption as well. Uh, so you said you're involved in an EU panel uh, discussing bioeconomy. Um, are there any ethical guidelines provided by the EU with regard to bioeconomy? Uh, not to my knowledge, not like comprehensive ethical guides uh, to bioeconomy. Of course, uh, bioeconomy and this utilization of bio-based raw materials is also ethical question. If you think about, uh, for example, well-being of animals, definitely an ethical question. And luckily there is legislation on those topics. When we talk about agrobioeconomy, one of the topics that comes very, very 
fast into discussion than is GMO. That this is actually very, very out from my field. So I'm not sure about this uh, even, I mean, even if it's possible to create these comprehensive ethical guides for bioeconomy. My approach to bioeconomy is more the sustainability and especially the environmental sustain sustainability, including a little bit also this conflict between the climate change mitigation uh, and the consumption bio-based materials. Uh, so I'm thinking more bioeconomy from this environmental point of view as a solution, but also solution that must be considered carefully so that it will not bring new problems or make existing problems bigger. So thank you very much, Hanno. It's been really interesting to kind of see your perspective on bioeconomy related to the environment um, and all your other expertise and experiences that you've shared. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Dear listeners, thank you for listening. Stay tuned to the Bloom podcast for more interviews and talks with experts on bioeconomy related topics. For more information on bioeconomy and the Bloom project, please visit our website www.bloom-bioeconomy.eu.